You are the Warriors Huddle with me, Brad, with you per usual. My producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things Sal Maxime. How's it going? Boys, three-man booth today. No guest. Um, I'm not sure what that means for you guys, but I can tell you what it means for me. Drinking episode. hey I already have a beer open. I might even <laughs> open a second one now in advance. In fact, I'm, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Let you guys know the kind of mood I'm in. That first beer I was drinking, only about halfway done, and I'm already opening the second one, so it is what it is. Boys, how are you guys doing? I'm chilling. I got my beer too. So, um, enjoying a little sunshine out here in the backyard, some wind chimes. Uh, feeling a little interesting about the NBA coming back. Mixed feelings about that, but uh, kind of feels right in place with the mixed feelings I have about the world right now. Yeah, we, we will jump into those mixed feelings. <laughs> first, let's try gotta, to um, make I, Marcus feel first, excised. Hold on, MT. I, I want you to know that Maxime and I are both kicking it at my house, socially distanced. I mean, we're six feet away. One of the reasons I'm doing that is to make you feel left out. Do you feel, I mean, that's, I didn't want to say it before the mics went hot because I kind of wanted to surprise you with it. Do you feel a little left out or... Um, I'm torn. I really appreciate you having a much better microphone right now. Oh, so it yeah. doesn't sound like you're in a wind tunnel. So I'll take that as a win for We're me like and bathroom. all the listeners out there. Um, but I'm assuming you don't have masks on, so I don't think I'm missing too much. I de- we definitely have masks. Don't you worry about that. Also, we licked each other's microphones as vigorously as we could. Uh, <laughs> but you know, that said, shoot, what were we going to say? That, that. I wanted to talk about the wind chiming in the background. It's a very weird sound. If you guys can take that down, it might be appreciated. Yeah, good luck with that. If by weird you mean relaxing, and if by appreciated you mean f*** yourself, then we can do that immediately. But I tell you what, I will need your help with this next topic. It's a new one, and I'm excited for it. It is entitled, boys, Gambling with Bram. Here's the idea. So the NBA is, in fact, returning. We talked last week. Could be a good idea. Could be a bad idea. There's a lot of perspectives on that. But when it comes back, I am sure that we're all going to appreciate its entertainment value. I'm going to watch every single second of it. But I thought about it last night, and I'm a little bit weirded out with the Warriors not being in the playoffs. I want to watch it, but I don't have a dog in the fight. It's like having an unbelievable action movie, but not giving a about its hero. So here's my idea, guys. I'm going to buy interest. With your help, we're going to figure out at least one bet I'm going to drop, and hopefully, not only will it give me something to root for throughout the playoffs, right? It'll make me a little bit of money on the other side, and let's start with the biggest one. Um, And I'm not sure I'm actually going to play it, but let's talk about it. These are the odds to figure out who wins it all the odds to win the championship and this would be a great bet because this means i get to root for a team all the way through so i'm going to give you the odds and then talk to me about who i should play it how i should play it i'm not giving you all the teams that's preposterous i'll give you the lakers they're about 2.75 to one so if i bet a hundred dollars i'll win 275 bucks boston 16 to one Houston 18 to 1, Denver 30 to 1, Utah 60 to 1. You notice I didn't give you the Clippers, you notice I didn't give you the Bucks. Here's what I'm thinking. I could play the favorite. I've told you I thought the Lakers are going to win, but that's bananas. Why? We don't know how good they're going to be. If any time 
There's going to be a long shot to win it. This is the year, right? We don't know who's good, who's bad, who's going to be in shape, who's even going to play. There could be uh, a positive test throughout. So I'm feeling like we should play the long odds. And I'll tell you now, here's where I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards Boston at 16 to 1. I bet 100, I win 1,600, and I get to root for them throughout. I don't hate them the way I hate other people, but that's where I'm leaning. What do you guys think? I think that's a great call. I would do Boston too. Um, Houston is eighteen to one. I, get, I included is, them for you. Yeah, I just my issue is with with going back and into a bubble scenario. Who thrives in that scenario? Like, I don't have a lot of confidence that James Harden won't try to sneak out and get go drive to Tampa to a strip club yep. at some point. So, like, like how do you factor in? the players and their ages and who kind of ramps up in the beginning of a season like this is a layoff it almost is like a the start of a season again so who comes out of the gates playing really well and who doesn't and I think that plays into Boston's hands they're they're young you know especially with Tatum and Brown and they're deep and I think they're really well coached so it it plays to me in their favor and if you're going to put money on it I think at 16 to 1, that's a, a great return for what could possibly be a, a dark horse. It's bananas at 16 to 1, especially with the coaching. We all forgot about how much we jocked him last year. They had a down year. We all jumped off the bandwagon. But it's exactly what you're saying. Tatum is a virtual superstar. He's right there. Kemba Walker needs the type of set aside. I, I don't know. I just like it at 16 to 1. Maxi, where are you at? Yeah, I feel you. I think that's a good call. I want to throw out the Nuggets. I don't know if y'all saw, but Jokic thirty to one. Thirty to one is nice, and Jokic is looking like you know Kevin Love post shedding weight. He's so. also looking COVID positive. He just tested positive recently. Hey. I don't know what that means. I have no idea of like we even factor that in. Is that like a hamstring or something? I don't. I don't know what that means for his basketball playing ideas. But if it means nothing, assuming they come back full strength, thirty to one is also bananas, man. Bet a hundred, win three thousand. Yep. And so I just want to toss out one other one. I don't think I heard it on your list, but um, Oklahoma City Thunder, their odds are like something like a hundred to one. That you know, I uh, that's a pretty solid bet just because Chris Paul has been so much at the forefront of the NBA Players Association um, bringing this thing back that you you got to feel like he's going to have a dog in this fight. Let's put a fine point on it. All right. So at the end of each of those, I want you boys to tell me I would bet a hundred dollars on this, or I just wouldn't bet it at all. I am good. This is not a joke or something gimmicky. I am going to. You can hear me say it right now. I will be putting a hundred dollars in Boston at 16 to 1. MT, will you place a bet on this or nah, it doesn't really speak to it? I would. If I had to put money on it, that would be the only one I'd feel comfortable putting $100 on. Yeah, I'm actually pretty convinced. I would put 100 down on that. All right. I, I, I may or may not have access to a boogie boy, so you know, be, be careful because at the end of this, I will be coming back <laughs> to you immediately. Um, 
I, I've got other bets I want to ask you about, but let me interrupt it really quickly. Uh, so last week we talked about what player would be most likely to use the snitch hotline. Um, and a few people hit me you know, afterwards and liked our discussion on that. But what it did is spawn a secondary conversation. One I am really excited to have with you boys. What they asked me was, would I use the snitch hotline? If I was out in Orlando and you know I'm like a 12th man or whatever it is, let's, let's say I'm a star or whatever it is. I'm in the NBA, I'm in Orlando, and I see somebody violating the bubble, would I call up the snitch hotline? And I wanted to ask you guys. So I'll give you my answer in a minute. But Maxine, let me start with you. You're out there. You see somebody, right? Would you use it? Like how would you be a snitch? Let's put it that way. What's my star status in this league? Let's make you LeBron. Big. So it's not going to affect their opinion of you. Yeah, because that's a huge thing, right? You can't be some rookie out here snitching. But, you know, if I'm LeBron, I'm still not going to do it. Why? That's just not, it just doesn't feel right. You know, I, I think you got to, it's in the same way that when I'm meeting up with my friends right now, I'm not looking for a detailed history of how they're operating and who they're meeting with. I'm trusting them to be intelligent and operate in a way that's important um, or like mentally healthy for them. Beyond that, like, you know, I'm going to take my chances. MT, would you use it? But before you answer, guess, what do you think? I think MT would not. My guess is no. Um, what's your take? Oof. Uh, yeah, I don't think he would use it either. MT? That's correct. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't use it. I think there's It's like a, in the D-block of San Quinn or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a unwritten rule um, that's just understood in that in the NBA brotherhood, like they're, they know the risks in going back. They're not happy about it, but I think they're doing it for the long-term reasons and they wouldn't do it. I think the people who are going there are gonna, um, you know, have that bond that they're there for each other. So I don't think they would use the hotline. I do think that they would either use their personal relationship to go call that person out on the side or, or talk through an e- intermediary like if a they're not red. a LeBron status. It, like a code yeah, red. Be like, from, yeah. Yo, like, don't do that again. Like, you're, you're messing up my money now. So I think I don't think anybody uses it. What's your guys' guess on me? Would I? I'm out there. I see somebody. You know, I got a shot at a championship. It's my hated rival. Would I call him out? Well, see, if, if you're LeBron, then you already have power. But I feel like you do have an interesting relationship with power. And this is definitely an opportunity to exercise that. Okay, there you go. So would I use it? Yeah. MT? Oh, 100%. I think you <laughs> use the hotline. I think you email and tweet. I think you go all forms of <laughs> communication. And you don't even care one bit. No remorse at all. Huge surprise answer. Although, to be fair, if it was for a championship and I felt like I was getting an advantage. So if I'm LeBron and I see uh, Antetokounmpo out there, yep. And I'm going a thousand percent, just like you said. I don't even have a uh, an Instagram account. I would f- like immediately start one up and then shoot out a bunch of pictures <laughs> of Yanni's coming out of whatever restaurant it was. But personally... I feel like no, and here's why. I've been a giant puss recently, gentlemen. So I, th- this pandemic, you know how I feel about it, man. I clap back at a top 50 player. I feel this to be something that threatens all of our lives. I told you, Marcus and Bonte, that they shouldn't restart the NBA. I think that we aren't taking any of this seriously enough. So on one side, yeah, man, like I feel like I should call everybody out. But on the other side, my practical experience, it hasn't been that at all. Um, 
friend of mine had a birthday party for his son, supposed to be a drive-by. So we drove out there, but people were getting out. So we got out. I figured when we got out, we were going to be out there for two minutes, but people stayed for longer. So we stayed longer, man. You know, I didn't think we were going to shake hands or do anything, but people were shaking hands. I shook a hand, Maxine. (laughs) So I have been... A subject to public. Pr- I don't know what I you know what I should tell you, and I should probably have told you this before you were this close to me. It was more than two weeks ago, so we're fine. But I I think that if I was in that scenario, even if I wanted to enforce the bubble, public pressure would push me the wrong way, and I'm embarrassed to admit it. But recent experience is is shoving it down my throat. So it is what it was. Uh, let's get back to basketball, boys. Let me give you a better one. This one I'm not sure if I would bet, but I feel okay about it. The bet is. Who will have the highest scoring triple double during the playoffs? All right. So, not just during the return, but once they've actually selected it down to the. Uh, to the 16 teams, and here are the odds. LeBron James, odds on favorite, 5-1. to one. Bet 100, win 5. James Harden, 7-1. to one. Damian Lillard, 15-1. to one. Zion Williamson, 30-1. to one. I'm leaning towards Dame, boys. 15-1. Yeah. to one. I don't think I'm going to bet this. It's a little gimmicky, and like I kind of want to play the, uh, the long-term championship one, but if I had to play it, it would be Lillard. What do you guys got? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Lillard was the one that jumped off the page to me. I don't think that. I think Zion. They're playing into the hype there. I don't even think the odds are that good. Um, but yeah, I think I think um, the Trailblazers have the potential to go a little bit farther than people are giving them credit for. And I also think that in that time, Dame's definitely got. Um, some momentum that he'd, I think, like to put a cap on from this season. And he can put up a triple-double. Yeah, no you know, doubt. I mean, it's, it's the rebounds that can be tough, but he's definitely capable of doing that. And when he does, we're probably talking over 25. Right. Oh, yeah. MT? Um, it definitely will not be Damian Lillard. Oh, yeah. um, he got his... He got his first career triple double in January at the end of January of this year. That's why he was, that was his quiet. first one ever. That's why he was quiet is because he was looking it up, and it sounds like we're capitalizing on recent information, whereas you're choosing to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is not. It's not. He's great, but he's not going to get another triple double in this scenario. Okay, the question wasn't I mean, who are you not going to pick? Yeah. Who are you going to pick? Who's your guy? <laughs> James Harden. He can't get a triple-double. He's not going to get 10 assists throughout the entire playoffs. What are you talking about? What? (laughs) Are we talking about the same James Harden? Is this like a Jim Harden I've never watched play somewhere? Have you never watched James Harden play? (laughs) Not the one you're talking about. I've been too busy getting super fired up about Damian Lillard's first career triple-double and realizing he was going to capitalize on that this year. You know how many points James Harden has scored in a triple-double, like his highest ever? No. Do I care? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Starts with a six. Put it like that. Holy (laughs) That wasn't in the playoffs. I guarantee you that was not in the playoffs. It was definitely was not in the playoffs. <laughs> so would you place it? I mean, so let's let's put a bow on it, right? And so I, if I had to bet it, it'd be Lillard. I'm not going to. You know, th- this is not one that speaks to me. This is kind of fun, but I actually wouldn't put down the money. Harden, 7-1. to one. Would you put down the money? I would. I think Harden is obviously the most likely to do it. He, he has those games where he just takes over and does it. I think LeBron is close too, but it'll be between those those two. Maybe Giannis, maybe. It's possible. I'm not saying probable. It's possible my bookie listens. Go ahead and put him down at the normal numbers. <laughs> Was that a hundo, MT? Done. 
Yeah. Maxime, what would, would we you need, actually We need your bookie too. Did you see that California voted down being able to legalize um, sports betting? No, wow. no, I did not. Yeah. Uh, I wish I you had said that was... before we started a segment called Gambling with Ram. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so when I said money before, I meant beans, and that's really important to know. Also, by bookie, I meant friend, and that's also a word that we should probably bleep out. <laughs> I would consider it, you know. I feel like um, there's a decent James, especially with with um, Russell Westbrook on the team. Like that is a pretty good combo to rack up the assist number, which I do feel is the weak link of um, James Harden's overall triple double. So I can see it working. I am still hell of crazy distracted. This full MT getting ten minutes into a conversation about something that is apparently illegal is like growing weed with someone, and they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I live with a cop. You should know he's coming home at any moment." It's like, what? Wait a minute. Like, where was this information before we jumped into this at all? Do some research. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird, weird that that happened. I didn't mention this weird. before. Or you not um, at home all day, every day, <laughs> for the last four months to do some research on this? <laughs> okay. I mean, I thought that I wasn't doing this podcast by myself. I thought for sure you guys had caught up. Did we not cover this before the mics went hot? Or because I'm pretty sure I said gambling with Bram. There you go. Yeah. Here's here's your tidbit of information. It's going to be illegal in California still. Yeah. Well, unless we get a time machine, that tidbit is no longer helpful. But I will still give you another bet, and it's the one that I'm most um, likely to make. Honestly, it's the one I'm most excited for. This bet is for who wins the Eastern Conference champion. Milwaukee is minus 180. I have to bet $180 to uh, to win 100. Not doing that. Boston. Plus 650, win 100, win 650. More than them winning the championship, more than anything else. I think this is what I'm doing, man. I think I think you bet Boston to win the Eastern Conference. Am I crazy? Yes. Why? Milwaukee for sure? Yeah, Milwaukee for sure. Yeah. And if not, then I think the Sixers are in there. You agree, MT? No. I mean, we just talked about exactly having boston win the championship exactly so to do that they have to come out of the east so i would take that bet over the the other odds the 16 to 1 i mean i think it's them coming out of the east is far more likely than them beating whoever comes out of the west i agree and also i felt like your betting information about california was really timely and i don't know why i gave you all that crap before (laughs) i thought that you were really on the money man in fact it made for good content so thank you for not saying it during the pre-meeting um Another random one. So since the last time we recorded, I was lucky enough to join Wes, friend of the podcast, on his show, the Locked on Warrior show. First time, we had a great time. Uh, look it up. It's uh, everywhere where you can find podcasts, generally speaking. But one of the things he asked me was whether or not Warrior fans would want to go after Antetokounmpo after they right now feel bad about the championships they won with KD. <laughs> I went on uh, a certain Warriors podcast and I said, if I were a Warriors fan, I under like, first of all, if I'm the Warriors, I understand the want for Giannis. I get it. Like if you can have Giannis, you get Giannis. No question is asked. You do it. That's your job. If you're Bob Myers, that's just your job. Get the best players you can. If I'm a Warriors fan, I don't want Giannis because I've just recently went through this whole thing with Kevin Durant and how our championships weren't worth as much as other past championships. I got attacked. I got attacked for That's saying that. I'm saying. Yeah, I, I'll attack you it's, now. It's, it's a preposterous not, statement. It is a preposterous statement. It's not my opinion. It's just, it seems like Warriors fans 
have a little bit of um, there, there's a, there, that's the feeling that is the sentiment around how Warriors fans think that their championships are viewed. Um, I, I just think there's a little bit of insecurity there. Are you going to invite that insecurity back if the Warriors are winning championships with Steph Curry and Giannis? I think you are. Uh, so as a Warriors fan, if it requires getting rid of Draymond Green and Clay to, Thompson... If I had to trade my five-year-old daughter, Wes, I would bring in Giannis Antetokounmpo. But before we get there, let's confront this remarkably ridiculous notion that there's any insecurity in the Warriors fans' championships. Basketball, like almost every other capitalistic enterprise, is a competition. For example, Rolex. When Rolex is making its watch, they try to make the best possible watch they can make. And if they poached some amazing watchmaker from some other company and made a watch that was way better than everyone else, you know what they would not do? Feel guilty about making the greatest watch, BMW. Same thing with cars. If they got somebody who made cars from a different company, had them join them, and now made a car that was better than anybody else, they wouldn't apologize or feel bad about making a product that was better than everyone else. They just did their job better than anyone. So for the Warriors, when Bob Myers literally looked at a 73-win team and said, you know what, man, this is not enough. This is not good enough, Wes, he said. I need to find a way to bring in possibly one of the greatest players in the game. He did that, and they created the best team that anyone had ever seen. The idea that other people thought that team was so good it was unfair doesn't make me feel bad about their dominance. It makes me laugh hysterically about their dominance. That other fans are bitching about it doesn't make me feel insecure. It makes me feel dominant. Mm. Would I like that dominant feeling again? Yes. And as you can imagine, I lost my mind and told them that's completely preposterous and who the hell would feel bad about it. But let me ask you guys, because it's not something we've really openly addressed. Looking back on those titles, do you feel any type of way outside of thankful and proud? Are you are you guilty or weird about the titles with KD? No. What a preposterous Zero. Question. Zero. Yeah, zero. Ne- negative one. Not even worth discussing. Have you, have you ever spoken to anybody who's felt that way? Have you gotten that feeling from a single Warrior fan anywhere at any point ever? Yeah. I mean, you hear it from some of the fans who I think it, it re- reveals that they are more casual or current fans, you know, like bandwagon fans. Um, but I don't think so at all. I mean, we, we were the laughingstock of the league for a really long time. time and... You know, we had a great We Believe season that was fun. But other than that, like, we paid our dues in suffering. Like, just because, you know, the way that the salary cap worked out and free agency hit and, you know, we happened to be able to do it that way. Like, I don't, I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Like, we had one of the best teams of all time and they were in our uniform. If they was in somebody else's uniform, they would have liked it too. They just didn't like it because it was our team. Like, for Wes the way that the heat came together with LeBron and D Wade and Bosch, that wasn't like an amazing fair way that it all came together. Like they got a bunch of shit for that. So, you know, like I, it feels a little bit like the, you know, kettle calling the pot black, but I, I don't feel bad at all. Like it was an amazing run. Proud of it. I'm glad we're in the history books as one of the greatest teams to ever step on the floor. And it was because of those four players, but it was also because 
you know, the dynasty ran deep for other players too, like Iguodala and Sean Livingston, you know, played big roles in that. And like the organization played a big role in it. And, you know, I'm, I don't feel bad about it for one second. 100%. I'm right there with you. And I, I think it's important to understand that like KD chose to come to this environment. That means that the environment was primed for him to succeed in it. I understand that he's one of the greatest players of this generation, and, and I'm not going to diminish that at all. But it's important to note the culture that Steph, that Steve Kerr, that Draymond set to put him in an, in an interesting position. I mean, like, come on. It's Dude, just... they, they planned for it. It wasn't lucky. He didn't, right. KD didn't, like, suddenly look around. He's like, oh, you know where I'd like to play? Golden State. And Golden State was like, great, fantastic. Oh, come on aboard. They created the environment, including the financial environment that allowed him to come in. Yep. But one of the things that Marcus just said unlocks the other portion of this. Should we feel that? Of course not. And if you want to hear my takes on that, it'll either be on this one or on that other show. But should others, other fans, look down and feel like some kind of way about our championship? Again, absolutely not. When we were terrible for years and years and years and years, other fans weren't like, oh, this is kind of unfair. Somebody needs to make sure that the Warriors get some talent, man. You know, their draft picks are awful. They can never really maintain their coaching. They don't develop anybody. That fan base is suffering. Let's help them. Nobody gave a f- Nobody gave a f- for four decades. So now that we were finally better than everybody else and the coin has been flipped, I don't want to hear that you're upset that we're better. You didn't care that we're worse. So take this now. How do you like them apples? It is what it is. 100%. I will say I got a, um, a commemorative item from <laughs> a uh, – it was the Houston series, I think 2018 – um, which is a sick ass picture um, of KD shooting his jumper. It was like black with yellow. Yeah. Um, it's still one of my favorite shirts, but I actually do feel a little bit uncomfortable wearing it in public because of all of those <laughs> random bandwagon fans that MT was just referring to that might like throw some shade at me. And I just really don't want to deal with confrontation. Well, we introduced you as our bandwagon fan for like at least the first month God you were on the show. It. That definitely <laughs> happened. Also, I want to congratulate you on the use of the phrase commemorative item. I don't think I've ever thrown that out in a sentence. <laughs> I'm aware that it's there. Like I know that they exist, but I don't ever think I've found occasion to throw it into to normal talk. Well, so that's fantastic. Here's a fun little uh, random tidbit that I'm sure everybody's going to be excited about. <laughs> Uh, I was standing in line to buy the the commemorative item of the game twice, yeah. twice in a podcast. Boom. Nicely done. Yeah, thank you. If anybody had bets on the over on one, they did for, not. Okay. They did not. In any case, uh, I was standing in line, and it was before the game started because that's the right time to deal with that, so that you can enjoy the entire game. And they announced that um, performing the national anthem is Mary Fettig, who's going to mean nothing to anybody listening, I'm sure. Uh, and if it does mean something to somebody, write in, yo. I want to hear about that. It meant a lot to me because she was my saxophone teacher my entire life. <laughs> so randomly, this person who means a lot to me is performing the national anthem, and I'm stuck in line buying this commemorative item. <laughs> well, we know the end of that story. You bought the item, and no, you're worried sure about did. wearing it. Yep, so I, Mary, wherever you are, he wanted to hear the national anthem. It was what it was, but he didn't care that much. <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, we all have to make sacrifices, Maxime. Marcus, here's my last bet. Will Zion Williamson score more than 27 points during a game? Yes, minus 150. So I got to bet 150 to win 100. No is the favorite at plus 110. So this is another one, dude. I'm not going to, like, honestly, the one I'm going to bet, and I'm changing my response now. The one I'm going to bet is Boston to win the, uh, the Eastern Conference. Um, but if I had to bet this one, 
I would bet yes. I think he's going to try to show out. I think there's this like lingering question of rookie of the year, you know, um, and I think he's going to have a 30-point gland. So I would take the over on 27, but wouldn't actually bet it. Yeah, that's a tough one. So the, can he score these 30 points in any of the eight regular season games? Or yeah, do they have, doesn't to, have to make to be playoffs. playoffs? Yeah, great question. No, any, okay. at any point. Um, then yeah, I would I would take that bet. I think he does score, and you know, like he's he's young enough, and I feel like he's probably been you know like training in the top tier of players who have been keeping in shape. So um, I would think he would score over over that, just because New Orleans is an exciting team. I mean, they're they're young and hungry, and you know, Lonzo Ball can't shoot, so he'll pass it to him, and Brandon Ingram. You know, he has his games, but I think it'll fall to Zion in at least one of those eight games and he'll he'll get you your money. Yeah, I I like I want to agree with you, but at the same time, what what's his like has he scored over thirty in a game yet? MC, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> I think he has. I'll look it up. I think he has um, I think two. he had a uh, like a thirty seven point game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well then in that case you know, he could probably do it again in this environment. I don't know. I, like, I wonder to what extent this whole question of uh, the fan base um, riling up the players is going to matter more or less to somebody that's in that position, right? Who's not been as steeped in the NBA environment. It might not be as big of a deal. You know, he's probably played in some empty gyms-ish. Maybe not recently, but um, he's closer Barry, to that. The thing that Rick Barry was talking about. Exactly. How weird is this and whether or not they can actually get over that. Yeah, so Zion might actually yeah, be yeah. able to be more focused in that environment. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, let me ask Career you this. high is uh, 30, 35. There you go. Zion's career high is 35 points this against is, the Lakers, too. This is wow. super random, um, and it just came to me now. But I'm not a, not a medical specialist. This may shock you. I'm not an orthopedic doctor or surgeon. Again, probably shocks you. Uh, so I don't know a lot about any of those injuries, but I can tell you there's been you know, medical studies. There is research that illustrates if you have an Achilles injury, if you have a knee injury, if you have a hamstring injury, if you have an ankle injury, if you go out and play on that injury – there's a chance for, you know, nastier injury down the road. So because of that, generally speaking, medical staffs keep you out. I am not an epidemiologist, so I cannot tell you a lot about COVID-19, but I can tell you that there is no research, zero research on how basketball affects somebody who has recently had COVID-19. Here's why I bring it up. Jabari Parker, Jokic just came out and tested positive. What's being reported is they're just going to meet their team in Orlando. There's not, there's, you know, that's okay, fine. They, you know, they suffered an injury if we look at it that way. Apparently it takes two weeks because of quarantine to get them, uh, you know, away from that injury. And once they test negative, they'll be right back in there. But last week we spent some time talking about, you know, whether or not they should do this. If, if medical staffs are worried about hamstrings, shouldn't they be worried about their players' internal systems? You know, I mean, like if we literally don't know one damn thing about how this disease can leave you more susceptible to whatever it could be, don't they want to know that before they put out players who make millions of dollars using their body on an annual basis? You know what's not contagious? Hamstring injuries. Yeah. So okay. like it's completely like it, it, the, the risks are so much higher to somebody getting sick than somebody pulling their hamstring. And there's so much less information. 
I mean, it is really possible, we'll find out, that basketball does not spread it in any way. Sure. Maybe it kills it. Sure. Maybe it spreads it ridiculously. Um, And I I just want to underline, I I think it might be somewhat irresponsible to be jumping into a medical decision without medical information. Um, But MT, you were on the other side of this ball last week. Does this move you in any direction? It it doesn't, um, but the reason why is because the, of the way the NBA is bringing the players into the bubble beforehand with enough time for everybody to have gone through the length length of quarantine that is being recommended by the CDC. So, yes, Jokic is you know like tested positive for it. If he goes into the bubble and goes and goes into quarantine and then plays his first game three weeks later according to the science as we know it he should be symptom free to your point we don't know how that will impact him as a player but i don't think he's contagious anymore so uh, you know we have to see how it impacts somebody's breathing i mean you get reports from other athletes all the time like ezekiel elliott had it and said he had, he experienced shortness of breath mm. and coughing but he's fine now um some people have said that months later they still you know feel some of the some of the symptoms of it including shortness of breath so i think we don't know how it affects everybody it's probably a case-by-case basis and maybe Jokic will be fine or maybe he has and symptoms um but i think the plan by the nba to bring everybody in and say look we know a bunch of people are going to test positive that's expected get everybody tested, bring them into the bubble and let a forced quarantine for it to all go away. And then you can't leave that bubble or come in and out so that we can maintain that um, integrity of it. You're just talking about contagion. Also, let me point out that I turned up the wind chimes throughout your entire response right there. So I hope that you really enjoyed it. Um, but I mean, let me put it this way. I, I've got it. My knee is f-ed up. I'm about to have a, a right knee surgery. I got an ACL tear. If I went to my doctor, and, and recently I sat down with him, and I was like, all right, you know, talk me through this, man. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to come back. I want a bike ride. What will that do? If he had told me, I don't know, I would be really concerned about it. I asked him, can I walk on it? If he had told me, I don't know. I, I mean, like, if every question I asked my medical professional about my underlying injury was, look, man, we don't have the research, so I'm not sure, then the activities I was asking him about, I wouldn't be really excited to jump into. You know, and now I understand but that's the money a little different, right? Why? But that's a little different because you you are feeling your knee in that situation, right? A lot of these players don't feel anything. But that makes it way like, more dangerous, MT. That makes it way more dangerous. If if I had my hand over a flame and I didn't feel it, that doesn't mean my skin isn't being burnt. We don't know what's going on internally. We have no idea. It's possible, man. In a year, we find out nothing is. And the precautions, if they didn't... Let, so let's take these two scenarios. Let's say they shut it down, and next year they find out that they didn't have to, and everyone's fine, and it costs them money this year. Or flip it. Let's say they make it happen, and next year we find out that actually it, it permanently compromised these players' immune systems, and now they are screwed going forward. It's not that they maintained contagion levels. is that, that they had it and played on it, and it, it bottomed them out. Of those two things, there's only one that needs to be protected against, right? It's the second one. You know, so I'm, and I, I just feel like if we have to err on one side, it should be erring on the side of medical caution. Yeah, I think this that's a little easier for us to say because we're not depending on those game checks and yes. that's not our livelihood. Yes. No, that's totally. And if you can, that's that's a really fair point. 
Um, and if you came to me and said, if I needed to pay my mortgage and asked me, do you want to go back to work, even if it, uh, it threatens you know, your life, I probably would. So that's a fair thing. I just, when they're talking about this, when I read the Jokic is returning, when I read the, the Jabari Parker, what the story was, he tested positive, fine, he'll meet them in Orlando. There, there was no other pieces to this. It doesn't feel like the medical thing is really being discussed, and I wanted to make sure I did. Um, let yeah. me ask you a totally non-medical thing, and it's my last take before I turn the mic to you boys. Draymond found himself in the news again recently. In fact, he was on first take. Um, and you know, years ago, I remember Draymond calling LeBron a bitch. When he found himself in the news recently, he was on first take wearing a clutch media shirt and said that, or at least insinuated, that LeBron was the greatest of all time. I don't really care, honestly. I think if we fast forward and the Warriors are back in contention and Drayvon is a superstar again, you know, if, if he has helped us get there, I don't give a what he said during the offseason, but it's caused some waves. Do you guys care? Is it wrong for him to be wearing clutch media shirts or having positive LeBron takes? How do we feel about this? <laughs> I, I think it's more Draymond just being Draymond. Um, I don't care what shirt he was wearing uh, <laughs> to answer that one. But I think the combination of the last few things are something that he probably has had to have a conversation with Steph. Like, in isolation, that comment um, probably is, is is what it is. But when you add that comment to LeBron being the GOAT, arguably he's wearing a clutch shirt. A week before that, he liked a tweet that was criticizing Aisha Curry's weight loss and her <laughs> posting a picture about it. And then before that, it's pretty you nasty. Know, he that was a very nasty tweet for him to like. Yeah. And before that, you know, he is silent when Maverick Carter says that Steph couldn't guard him even at his age. Like, I think there's enough of a pattern there to be like, okay, this isn't you just, you know, like missing one or just being in the moment. Like, there's a pattern forming here. Like, you know, Draymond is smart. Like, maybe he secured the bag with this last contract with the Warriors, knowing that you know, there was a bigger player in their sights and that might actually happen. And instead of trying to go fight for a contract, he knew he ultimately would get traded. You know, who knows? But I think it would I think it required a conversation that he and Steph, if they haven't already, will talk about it just because it's a few too many times that are directed towards Steph's way. I mean, that's a that's a very um, intelligently and well thought out take. Uh, Marcus, I really appreciate that. I feel like the only thing that I would want to add to that, because you have said everything so well, is just I find it interesting that this is starting to come out um, post the last dance. Um, and I'm like, it's kind of interesting that now Draymond is like, that's why know, his shirt's important, man. That's why his shirt's important. Also, MT, I'm wearing a shirt that says "fuck MT," so you should uh, keep that in mind if you don't like shorts. <laughs> but I, I tell the, the this is a random ass analogy. And before we get there, I'll say what this has done has raised the stakes for Draymond's um, season for me next year. So here's my random analogy. I, I, I like my entertainment easy. Um, if I'm going to watch a movie that upsets me, that movie better be so good, man. Like, I don't watch color at all, but I'm willing to do it. Let me give you an example. The movie Seven, super upsetting. It's about, like, serial killers, but it's a great movie, so I'm willing to go through it. 
Draymond Green has always been a handful off the court, man. Um, and and Marcus, you did a eloquent job of breaking down just recently how that pain in the ass off the court has escalated. I'm fine with that as long as he is great on the floor, right? I'm fine with drama as long as there's a payoff. So if he's taking shots at Steph's wife, if, if he's supporting Clutch while supporting LeBron, I don't care if we're winning, man. But if this is upsetting me without a payoff, then yeah, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to care. You're like, we don't need this kind of drama without there's some upside. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, uh, I think Draymond on his Instagram stories reposted something that Warriors posted about his, like, 35-point, 11-rebound, 17 I'm going to be this guy again. Yeah. I'm going to be this guy again. If he's he's putting his brain power on that, assuming it's still on the Warriors, then the payoff on the court is going to be worth it. With that in mind, gentlemen, let's move to a segment I really love, but we haven't been able to do for a while. Look around the league. Look around the league. The concept is easy. Marcus has done the hard work for us. He spent the last week looking around the league, picking out three stories that caught his attention. He's going to give us those three stories now. We will then vote on the one to talk about. MT, what do you got? Cool. So I tried to find stories that weren't all um, COVID-19 related. So I only added one, hoping that we could you know, mix up the conversation a little bit. So hopefully people appreciate that and want to hear it. Um, the first one is, though, so uh, Trevor Reza is not going to Orlando um, because he is going to spend time with his son. Um, you know, his he's not with his, with his, his uh, the mother of his child, and he gets to spend a month with his son during that time. He chose that, that over playing, which I think makes sense. Avery Bradley is out. His six-year-old son has a respiratory illness, and he said he doesn't want to risk it. Davis Bertans from the Washington Wizards is also out, but it's because he wants to avoid injury, and he's during a, in a contract year. Um, Evan Fournier kind of responded about this, and we could talk about Evan Fournier's response and how you know if it if Bertans sitting out is fair to the rest of the guys because it's almost as if he is sitting out and letting everybody else continue the season and and risk getting injured so that uh, the cap can stay where it is and Bertans can get a big contract next year. And he just had a career Um, year, right? Which is why he wants that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Second story, uh, Kendrick Perkins, our boy. Not a big Kendrick Perkins fan. He's been super critical of the Warriors and, you know, um, he's got some hot takes that don't really make a lot of sense, but he's been on a hot streak lately. Yeah. Um, he called uh, Westbrook, Westbrook the greatest player to ever put on a Thunder jersey. And then he started going at Kyrie Irving, saying he was upset and trying to, you know, uh, not have the league start again because he wasn't invited. And it led to this whole feud with KD that went back and forth. So we could talk about kind of that feud and how um, it's brought Kendrick Perkins over. And you kind of have to wonder, do I like Kendrick Perkins a little bit more than I thought I did? Um, and the last story. Uh, it came out that Paul George said that one of the main reasons he left the Pacers was because they refused to go after and sign the quote-unquote best power forward in the league at the time. Um, reports were that it was Blake Griffin, and then somebody came out and said, no, he was talking about Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was open to going to joining the Pacers, but the Pacers front office didn't want to gut the team for AD and 
and hope that he wouldn't leave with Paul George for LA um, in the following season. So we talk about whether that made sense and if uh, AD signing with PG would have been bad news for the East Coast and if AD is really in play and open to playing in other places, does do the Warriors really have a better shot than we've been talking about? AD is crazy. I'm sorry. Uh, Indiana is crazy if they didn't want to pair those two. Um, what I would like to talk about is Kendrick Perkins, because if there is a counterpoint to whether or not I should hate this guy, I need to hear it from both of you, because right now I'm in <laughs> firm, I hate Kendrick Perkins territory, as I may have illustrated by my f- Kendrick Perkins take not 30 seconds ago. So that is, that's the direction I am going. Where do you guys got? Well, maybe we should talk about something else because I'm not going to be able to offer any fuel to the not <laughs> Kendrick Perkins territory. Yeah, I won't, I don't know how to help you with that side either. So. Oh, three <laughs> sides down. Well, I mean, I get, well, then you guys are going to have to vote on another topic because <laughs> Kendrick is where I put my vote. <laughs> No, I think that sounds great. I'm just saying that I'm not going to be able to help you out. All right, take us on the other side then. Let's talk about Kendrick. Um, What was his recent take? Give me his Russell Westbrook take. It was about Russ. That's what I wanted to make it about, Mr. Thunder himself. So is is he talking about Russell Westbrook? Or is he talking about friend of the podcast, Kevin Durant? I mean, like, you know, real deal, <laughs> right? I mean, like, if you say that, so I heard you say that. I immediately it took me two seconds. Like, okay, well, obviously the best player who's ever played there is KD. When Perkins says that, is he trying to make Russell feel good? Or is that just an F you to KD? Because my vote is it's an F you to KD, right? 100%. Yeah, and, it is, and he's recently had funk with him. I don't remember what that was, but didn't he have some nasty back and forth on social media? Yeah, he did. Um, and I think it definitely was an F you to, to KD. I think it was a you left us, you know, for the team that beat us in seven games. So you can't be the greatest player ever because you sold out. Can someone explain to me why Kendrick Perkins got a job on ESPN? Um, so his, his <laughs> career, so from what I can tell, there's things that distinguish you as a player that allow you to have a continuing career into media. You can either be remarkably good behind a microphone, either because you see things that other people don't see, or you can articulate things that other people don't articulate, or you've had a career that speaks for itself. If you can't speak at all, but you're like a top 100 player of all time, we just want to see you, so that's fine. Which one of those two is Kendrick Perkins? I can tell you the like the second he's definitely not a top 100 and having listened to him both on social media and occasionally on ESPN, I'm not blown away by his analysis. So why is he why do we hear his take so frequently and why is he as big of a media personality as he is? So I uh, It's for the third reason. Yeah, go ahead, Maxine. Oh, and I was just going to say I I uh, I once went to India and uh, somebody sold me for five U.S. dollars some Ray Bams, <laughs> as in B-A-M. Uh, and I feel like that's Kendrick Perkins to, like, Charles Barkley, you know? Did you think they were Ray-Bans? When you walked away, you were like, ooh, I just got over on that bull. These yeah. are amazing. And then, like, the lens popped out within the first five minutes. <laughs> Shit! They made five minutes? Yeah, good for you, dude. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just feel like he's, he, you know, he, like, he continues, like, there's a reason we're talking about him, right? I mean, his takes are awful, but they're so awful that they make news. And, like, that's that's why he has a job. Yeah, so I think it's the third reason. I think it's because he has access still to players um, off the court and is in conversations with them off the court and is willing to divulge them. It's the same reason why we like Matt Barnes, right? Like Matt Barnes 
knows what goes on. He has true enough relationships with those players that he keeps it real. And he's like, here's what they're saying. Perkins is uh, Matt Barnes light, light in that respect, but he has been in the trenches with those players enough and is willing to give you a hot take as bad as it is. He's still willing to come out and say it, which not a lot of players are. So I think he's there because it's, they're willing to, he's willing to give ESPN those um, clickbait worthy headlines as, as crazy and off base as they are. I think it's that word or that word rather clickbait that distinguishes Matt Barnes from Kendrick Perkins. I think that yeah. Matt, ba- you know, Matt Barnes, when he says something, it's because he genuinely believes it. We saw that in his career, you know. Um, when Kendrick Perkins says something, it's because he genuinely believes it will create clickbait. And ESPN understands the difference between the two, which one makes money, and there's only one of them that works for ESPN. Um, yeah, which is unfortunate. And let me end this with where we started it. Thank you, Kendrick Perkins. Uh, some of your takes are remarkably unfounded. Let's move to voice from the crowd. Our last segment today, but one I always enjoy, and one we haven't done for a minute. So we do the whole "You've got hate mail." Uh, you guys are nice enough to reach out and tell us how much you hate us. You also reach out with a bunch of nice things to say. We love you for that. And every now and again, you reach out with questions that are just brilliant. Maxime is tasked. With looking at our email, making sure all those brilliant questions do not go unnoticed. And every now and again, we do a segment where we go back through them, hear one of them, and try to answer it. Maxime, what'd you find? Yeah, so I love this one. This one comes from uh, Larika. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, But uh, she asks, if you could put a player's mic on one player for the entire time they were in Orlando, who would it be? (laughs) I love that question. There's so much nuance to it, right? Because you don't want to miss out. You don't want somebody to go out early. So you got to be thinking about who's going to make it the longest. And then on top of it, it's like, who's going to be the most absurd and all over the place? I mean, LeBron. It's LeBron. I want to hear LeBron telling Quinn Cook to call the league and snitch on Harden. I want to hear LeBron slowly trying to build a relationship with whatever superstar he feels in two years will elongate his career. I want to hear LeBron coach the team during the timeouts and punking whatever, you know, which of the five coaches who are currently coaching the Los Angeles Lakers tries to give a take and LeBron's like, no. I want to hear LeBron punk Anthony Davis. I want to hear LeBron beg Anthony Davis to stay on the Lakers next year. For me, it is LeBron 10 times out of 10. That's a, that's a, yeah, you're for sure. I think that LeBron would be very interesting if for no other reason than to understand some of his IQ. But I'm going to, I'm going to throw something else out there in part because I don't think it's going to be the Lakers. I think it's going to be the Clippers. My vote is for Lou Williams. Um, <laughs> we know that he has um, a, uh, a loose sort of nature about his relationships. So you know he's going to be moving around quite a bit. If you had given me a thousand guesses, I never would have guessed Lou Williams. It's a good take. Think about it. It's good. Because he's also, right, he's going to come off the bench, which means that you're going to get a lot more of the, like, like that's actually what I want to hear, right? The players' mics of, like, when they're actually on the court, they're just, like, yelling at each other and, like, I want to hear some talking, sure. But, like, I also want to hear some strategy. And you're going to hear that from the bench, so I think, you know, you're going to get the best of both worlds. You're going to get the best of the on the court and the best of the off the court. For me, um, it probably would be LeBron, but if I'm going to pick somebody different, 
I think one B, very close second place would be Chris Paul. You just know that he is absolutely going to use the snitch hotline, <laughs> and the fact that you would just get to hear that for however long he's in there, whether one round or two, um, you know, he's just going to have some golden moments in there. And you're like, who knows? Like, is he going to stay on the Oklahoma City Thunder? Probably not. So, who is he talking to? Where is he going to go? You know, like, how does he snitch on somebody to make you know his next destination that much better and not ruffle any feathers. So I, I think that would be telling. And, you know, he's a players union rep. So he's also going to be having those other meetings, you know, with all the players and talking about Kyrie and everybody. So I think it you would get some gems out of there for the short amount of time that he would be in there compared to LeBron. I feel like both Chris Paul and LeBron would get great footage of him like undermining younger players' confidence for no reason. <laughs> you know, like coming in, like finding Jason Tatum shooting around, like, ooh, that's how you wear over games? Like, oh, ooh. Or like shy Gregorius Alexander, like, oh, that's what you eat before practice. Oh, I guess that's your call. Like, I would just like to hear that stuff. It would entertain me so much. Um, if you guys. Exactly. Could- and one other thing, sorry, cut you off, but remember, he, he, he's on record saying he was going to get traded. Um, to the Golden State Warriors, but he didn't want to re-sign sign because he didn't like living in California. He didn't know what the Bay Area had. He was like, I don't know what it's like. I'm from the East Coast. So, you know, what? I think him having to live in Orlando would be amazing to figure out, like, you know, because I'm sure he only thinks Mickey Mouse lives there. So, you know, like, for him just to open his eyes and figure out what it is to live in a bubble in Orlando would also just be content gold. It's really interesting to me. I read this article on The Ringer recently um, and they pointed out how the NBA has an interesting decision to make. That it would be unbelievable gold content to treat that Orlando bubble like Big Brother. Put hidden cameras everywhere. ESPN doesn't have to report on anyways. And you know, they, if we watched uh, two on two ping pong, I know it's not allowed, but <laughs> we watched two on two ping pong, I would watch that. If we watched card games, I would watch that. If you watch people talking in, in hotel rooms, I would watch that. They have an opportunity to create possibly the greatest reality television show of all time. But in the process, they would gut this year's championship. Because if those players have to worry about what's happening in the hotel before they have to worry about what's going on on the floor, that's a totally different series of stresses and things for them to worry about. And, like, there's no relaxation. And, you know, we're already having an asterisk as far as I'm concerned, so we could just add that in there. But if you're ESPN or whoever it is who's going to televise all this stuff, I think it's an interesting moral dilemma almost because if you're in the business of making money man you are going to make hell of money on that you know, i don't whatever it is if it's lebron eating ice cream the you know the the lebron or lebron stands out there will watch every they'll pay to watch him watch uh, eat ice cream so you got to decide what's more important a genuine championship or content that you can sell um and we'll find out and i also should say i don't know what's in the contract i don't know if they're even allowed to do that but if they are you know there's some real entertainment possibilities there if they are you know like i feel like the biggest detriment to having the warriors not being a part of this is uh for that specifically because of clay thompson sure (laughs) because you know that clay would bring all of the heaters to make that reality interesting could you see him stopping off in one of the orlando hotels and be like we could really use scaffolding here i'm not sure if you guys know about the utility of scaffolding but right here would be a perfect location (laughs) 
Here's how roller coasters work. I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would you like to watch a YouTube video on how to eat a lobster? Like, what? Yes, I have it right here, and I think you will really enjoy it. Uh, boys, huge fun, man. Always fun. Certainly true this week. Uh, we haven't done our normal roundup. Let's do it now. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you like our takes, hate our takes, agree with them, anything, we would love your opinion. Shoot it to us at uh, warriorshuddle at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we have an account there at warriorshuddle. And although it has been dormant now that the economy is waking back up and society is coming out of its hole, we're probably going to wake back up our Patreon account as well. So if you have any, like a dollar extra to spend in addition to the time you're already lending to us, you don't know what it means to us, really. It is a huge, huge deal. Hop up on Patreon, look up Warriors Huddle, and you can support us there. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you in a week. Good, good.